You're listening to the Yoga Inspiration Podcast with me, your host, Kino McGregor. I created this series to keep you inspired to get on the mat every day so that you can practice yoga and change your world, starting from the inside out, one breath at a time. Thanks so much for listening. Your support means everything to me. Hi, everyone. It's Kino here. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Yoga Inspiration Show. This episode is all about my experience in Norway recently and landing here. So I hope you enjoy it. If you haven't yet uh, left me a review on this podcast, please leave me a review. Sometimes I meet a student that says, I love your podcast. Well, be sure that you leave me the review uh, because, you know, when someone's looking for a podcast, it helps that there are positive reviews. And I read every single review of the podcast and it would mean the world to me if you left me a little review. So, okay, here you go. Enjoy the episode and I'll see you real soon. Hi everyone, it's Kino here. Thanks so much for tuning in to Seek Up, the Yoga Inspiration Show. This is a different type of episode. I am going to be giving you just kind of a general update on where I am and what's going on with me and maybe any insights or lessons I've learned over the last couple of days. So first of all, I am not doing this this uh, show where I thought that I would be at this moment instead of being at the beautiful retreat center of Nusen in the area of Rund in Norway, I am actually sitting in a quarantine hotel in Oslo, Norway. Yes, it's my turn to do the COVID quarantine hotel. I've actually done a quarantine last time I came to Norway also, except they let me do it at Nusen itself, and some of you may remember that. This time, I thought that with all of the documents that I had prepared ahead of time that my passage would be smooth. However, much to my dismay upon my arrival to Oslo, I was directed to go into a quarantine hotel, and I'll share with you more about that later. But I wanted to first sort of let you know where I'm coming to you from and why the feeling and flavor of this episode might be, well, a little bit different. I still hope it will inspire you, and I still hope it will be related to the spiritual journey because sometimes yoga happens off the mat. So first of all, when I started to prepare for this trip to Europe, I was super thankful that I have completed the complete round of the COVID vaccinations because the uh, entry requirements for the citizens of the United States of America coming to Europe are definitely easier if you have been what they call double vaccinated. And that means that you've taken both rounds of shots of your Pfizer or Moderna vaccine. Um, in the U.S., we often just refer to this as completing your series of vaccinations. You're not considered vaccinated in the United States until two weeks after that second shot, what they would call in Europe double vaccinated. That confused me for a while because I, I thought that double vaccinated meant you took two different types of vaccines. And I actually found out that that just means you took your second shot of the, you know, same vaccine. So, so double vaccinated. If you hear that and you're coming from our side of the pond over in uh, the Americas, then what you want to file away is that this doesn't mean that this individual has been sort of uh, at the vaccine buffet, but instead that, that they have just completed the round of vaccinations and they're considered fully vaccinated according to U.S. standards. So the prep that I started to do for this trip was also very rushed. I'm normally a big uh, preparer in advance. I don't like to be rushed. Uh, if you ask me when I like to be rushed, that would be never. And 
and I unfortunately didn't have as much time to prepare as I wanted to for the ship for a couple of reasons. First reason is that uh, the uh, Schengen countries were open freely to uh, U.S. travelers up until about um, five days before I de- uh, my departure. So unfortunately, I just couldn't have had more time to prepare because the, the rules and the regulations changed so quickly ahead of my departure. Second, my husband and I had recently completed a really big project called the Miami Yoga Garage. And if you haven't checked out the Miami Yoga Garage, you should definitely check us out on Instagram at Miami Yoga Garage. This has been a massive project and the uh, fruition of a big dream of ours to build a multi-purpose space for yoga in Miami. And this uh, is a conversation I'd love to have with Tim in a separate, uh, separate discussion. So just for now, if you want to get a flavor of what's going on at the Miami Yoga Garage, uh, check out our Instagram. Miami Yoga Garage, spelled just like that, all in one go. And you can get a sense of what we're doing. All of my Florida-based retreats and workshops will be held in this new space. And uh, it is just awesome. The energy there is just really, really spectacular. Of course, I love it. We built it. We've dedicated our lives to it for the past um, year and a half. And it's been really, really, really awesome to see that come to fruition. So that kind of came to fruition at the same time as we led a one-month, 200-hour course, which is what we do every summer. And this was a really special group, the first in-person kind of uh, deeper training that we've done since since the pandemic started. And we had an amazing group of about 30 people. We do these every summer. The next one will be next summer. And our next uh, two-month course starts in February. So we have a lot of fun things going on. And you should get those details also at Miami Yoga Garage if you're interested. So anyhow, we were finishing up this course. We finished up the course. And then I had also a lot of filming to do for OMSTARS, which is my online channel, and I hope many of you practice with me there. And I had been working on a lot of new courses and new classes that I'm going to be sharing with you really soon. So in other words, the time before I was set to leave for Europe was just really, really, really insanely busy. So then when I found out that the regulations changed for my entrance into Norway, I had to scramble. And the first thing that I did was just to prepare for all of the connections and fill out all of the passenger locator forms. Anybody who is traveling to Europe should be prepared for a a mini mountain of kind of paperwork and online forms to fill out, passenger locators, place where this is where you upload your health history and give all that nice data into the airline so they can let you into the country. And I was doing that. Uh, If you're connected through London, even if you're not getting off of the airplane, you still need to fill in a passenger locator form. So I was doing that for London and preparing all of the uh, necessary documents to arrive in France. France requires both a, 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 a some sort of a form and a sworn Um, health statement, and you need to get all these documents uploaded online before you can travel to France. Uh, In Norway, since the rules and regulations change, both blocking people from France and from the United States, I didn't know what to do. So I contacted my host, and he did a a big job to contact uh, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and get me special entry permission. And we both thought that that entry permission meant that I would not have to be where I am right now, which is in the travel hotel quarantine. Well, unfortunately, we were wrong, and I'll tell you more about that in just a moment. So... 
Upon my visit to France, I uh, found out that one thing that was going to be needed was this magical thing called the QR code to verify your status as either fully vaccinated or tested negative or recovered from the COVID situation. So I researched how to create a QR code out of my vaccination. And I did create a QR code, but it was only valid in the United States. So when I found out that we needed that even as a tourist, you need this QR code to enter most cafes and museums and engage in any other activities in France, I began to frantically research how to get what is called the EU DCC, which is the European Union Digital Coronavirus or Vaccination Certificate. So I have not succeeded in that. However, the country of France has a system where you can submit all of your documents and they will generate a QR code once they can verify your vaccination. I can't say that this has gone well for me. There are reports of people online that said they submitted all of the documents and got their QR code within a matter of hours. For me, it's been days and now going on a week, and I've heard nothing back from them except the standardized confirmation that they have in fact received my email. I am still praying that this QR code can be translated by France, even though I'm now in Norway, because Norway offers no such service. France is one of the few governments and countries within the EU to offer this translation service. So I was hopeful in France that this might happen. Prior to my arrival in France, you could have gotten this QR code um, in person, uh, in one, a pharmacy. However, that was uh, changed almost two days before I landed in France. So I could not get the QR code in that way. And the QR code turned out to be very important. So upon landing in Norway, upon landing in Norway, let's talk about Norway. So when I got on the plane to go to Norway. I figured they were going to check all of the necessary documents. And the check-in agent at the airline looked at my passport and my vaccination card and said, you're good to go. Then I got into a very long line of uh, vaccinated travelers uh, with uh, non-EU passports without their QR codes. And I stood in this line for a very long time, probably about 40 minutes. And then I uh, reached a border police representative who looked at my vaccination card and laughed at me and said, this is not valid here. And, um, and then I presented the other papers and also explained to him where I was going. And he just, uh, kind of laughed it off and said, you know, this is not valid here. And, uh, this officer is going to take you around the corner. And, uh, you know, I wasn't really given any other chance or any other information, uh, about anything. And then the officer just took me over and said, wait here. And we were put in an area with a bunch of chairs uh, that were socially distanced and uh, waited for about another hour. Um, so now we're going on, you know, two hours since my arrival and there's no information. Some people are coming into this area and they start crying. Families arrive with children that also start crying and no one really says anything. Um, so I finally go up and ask what's going on and get the information. So apparently we we are being uh, held here until we can be escorted to go and get our bags. And so we probably take about another 30 to 40 minutes in this one little holding area. They do offer water and they do have a bathroom, so that's quite pleasant. Then they take us down to get the bags, and the bags take about 30 minutes to find because it's been just going round and round on the baggage belts for two and a half hours by now since the plane has landed. And then starts the real wait. There is now a... Uh, very long queue of 
displaced passengers who now need to wait to be rapid antigen tested at the Oslo airport. And it's not moving very quickly. They're taking people in batches of eight, and there are probably 40 people who are in the line. And uh, it took maybe three hours, uh, maybe three and a half hours, if I'm doing my math right. Let's see if we're really thinking about that. So I landed at two. I was in the customs and border police line for about 40 minutes, then another hour and a half in the pre-holding bin, about half an hour to get the bags. So now we're going on, it's 4.30, around five o'clock. I get in the line to be coronavirus tested. I get tested and it moves very, very slowly. And, you know, we're, we're, we ask permission to use the bathroom and sit there. And at this moment, um, I am really grateful for the internet, and I was really grateful I found a phone charger. I did my best uh, at that moment not to let the negative thoughts spin. I was very, very grateful for a yoga training. I had a few moments where I closed my eyes and just uh, meditated a little bit. And uh, at the same time, I was really overwhelmed with emotions. I felt you know, I felt that there were tears. If I would have let them come out, I felt that there was a sense of, you know, impending doom. At the same time, my hosts in Norway were scrambling to just figure out if there was some way that they could uh, get my vaccination verified and get the negative PCR test that I did in France uh, added to my profile and somehow prevent me from going into the hotel quarantine and then allowing me permission to teach. Unfortunately, none of that happened. After about four more hours, now we are at nearly nine o'clock. I finally get the coronavirus test, which comes up negative. Then they take us on a bus. At this point, only when we enter the bus, they tell us where we're going. We get the name of a hotel in Oslo. We, we arrive at the hotel in Oslo. It is now after 10 o'clock. Uh, they start checking people in, prioritizing the families. I finally get into the room at 11, around 11 p.m. And it was a very long day. And I, you know, uh, was thankful for the room and thankful that the day had ended and thankful that there was some, I guess, end in sight. And I needed to evaluate what was going to happen next. So this is still very much in process. I don't know where this is going to end exactly. I have the opportunity on Thursday to be able to test out of the hotel quarantine. If I test out of the hotel quarantine, then I believe I'm free to go. Um, so we're waiting on that scenario. There have been numerous people that have uh, tried to get my vaccination verified. Uh, unfortunately, unless that QR code magically appears in my inbox from the government of France, I am simply going to have to stay in this hotel quarantine, unless I want to leave Norway. So at any moment, I'm welcome to leave the hotel quarantine and leave the country. So... Unfortunately, I'm really still trying to get to teach the students who are patiently waiting and understanding that uh, this is completely out of my hands. And I, um, you know, I'm doing everything I can to follow the rules of the quarantine and test out when it is possible and acceptable for me to test out. So that's where I am now. And uh, there are times that I felt really calm and just accepting. I do feel that this is a big lesson in just acceptance and the limits of what any sort of you know, positive visualization can do. I definitely have been spending time visualizing that QR code appearing. I've definitely been time spending visualizing myself exiting this hotel quarantine. I'm visualizing myself testing negative. And uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, this is just uh, the reality. So first thing uh, in terms of any reflections is that I have noticed that 
when there's a rule in place, there are some places where you're going to follow the rule. There's no exceptions to the rule. And I kind of feel that maybe Scandinavia is definitely one of the places like that. And I'm, and there's some things that are really, really great about it. And in that way, they can really safeguard the, the protection and the health of their community. And I do, do totally respect that. Um, at the same time, there's some additional reflections, which is that a reflection on the United States. So we have to ask ourselves, or and I need to, what I'm thinking is, why doesn't the United States have a uh, certified digital record of my vaccination status? Why is there not some way for the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, to have a QR code that can verify that I have received this vaccine? Well, I'll tell you why. United States politics, you know? Uh, I'm not one to talk too much politics here. However, this starts to this starts to be a political situation, which is definitely making a negative impact on my life. <laughs> so why do we not have QR codes in the United States? Well, you guessed it. It's politics. This is this, this QR code that is a digital verification of the vaccine that you do have is considered a vaccine passport. And there are vast swaths of people in the United States that are strongly against, I should say vast swaths of people around the world that are strongly against these vaccine passports. Um, and the vaccine passports are being used in some states in the U.S., like New York, like New York and California, I think, is instituting it a little bit. Um, but Florida, which is where I'm from, is sort of like the, 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 the <laughs> how can you say this without saying it, you know? Um, Florida is sort of uh, driving the whole country off of the cliff and directly into the abyss of uh, a COVID peak that seems never ending. Uh, and of course, we do not have any digital proof of any vaccination from Florida. We do not have any centralized authority. We are banned in the state of Florida as a business um, from asking people what their vaccination status is or requiring people to be vaccinated. Now, the, 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 the cruise industry actually sued the governor in the state of Florida to uh, actually mandate vaccines on cruises because that's what they wanted to do. The conservative uh, precedent set uh, by U.S. law, which uh, actually allowed individual businesses to exercise their First Amendment rights to deny uh, serving customers that they didn't uh, align with uh, was used to uh, give the cruise lines the victory in the court case. So the, the it's it an interesting irony because the conservative government of Florida said that it was against uh, the state law for businesses to mandate uh, vaccines and refuse people that were not vaccinated. Uh, but at the same time, the conservative government also wanted to grant the ability for uh, the example in this particular case was a, uh, a bakery that wanted to refuse to bake a cake for a same-sex couple that was getting married. Um, so, I mean, between you and me, I wouldn't want someone who wasn't genuinely in support of my marriage to bake the cake, but that's beside the point. It was a case uh, that was argued on the basis of uh, discrimination on the basis of sex. And uh, unfortunately, the conservative court system uh, actually said that fortunately or unfortunately, I guess, depending on which side of the political spectrum you are, right, uh, said that the bakery had its right to refuse to bake this cake. Well, you know, uh, what comes around goes around. You know, you never can tell what the precedents are going to be used for because that same legal precedent was used to say that, hey, businesses have the same First Amendment right to refuse people who are vaccinated or non-vaccinated. You have, as a right of, as a business owner, you have a right to say, it's a private business who comes into my business. It's my choice. So the cruise ships were given the same right to say, everyone must be vaccinated. So, you know, it's interesting. We can't always see where the cards are all going to fall, uh, but consistency is something that is rare, I kind of, I find in, in politics for sure. And in people, you know, we're all, we all, we're all situational about one thing and another. So anyhow, 
Why am I bringing this up? Because I genuinely am in support of a voluntary system where U.S. citizens that have been double vaccinated or completed their vaccination program could uh, upload and request that their vaccinations be held in a national a digital database and then have a QR code generated that the CDC could then verify. Let it be voluntary. So if you don't want the government to know whether you've been vaccinated or not, you don't want that digital record, you don't have to have it. Don't make it mandatory. Make it voluntary. And I also think that second, like maybe third reflection, so if anybody listening to this has any contacts in politics, that the EU and the U.S. should just create a system that allows each of the citizens of their uh, countries to uh, submit their verification their, of, of their vaccination and their status of, of COVID to one another. And we could pay. I'd be more, ha- more than happy to pay the EU however much they wanted, you know, uh, uh, within reason, right? So or <laughs> within reason uh, to be able to process uh, the verification of my U.S. vaccination and generate a QR code that would be valid within their member states. So this is my genuine suggestion about that. Lastly, uh, you know, COVID is serious. Uh, the, the situation and what's happening in Florida is kind of heartbreaking, the situation of what's happening um, in infant mortality in some uh, other uh, uh, countries around the world, like Indonesia, is heartbreaking. So, you know, if it's your choice, you want to be vaccinated or non-vaccinated, but at the same time, take the precautions. So it is real. This is real. Uh, And it's something unlike the flu. Uh, It's creating more complications and it's not something I personally want to catch. And if I was going to make the decision not to be vaccinated, I definitely would be taking all the precautions necessary to protect myself and protect those around me. Uh, We haven't turned the corner on this yet, but there's there's definitely a lot of uh, progress towards mitigating uh, this this situation and creating a, a way that we can live forward and live with it. It looks unlikely at this point that this virus will ever be eradicated. I'm not a medical expert. This is my personal. This is just my personal opinion. It seems like we'll have to find a way to live with it, like we like we live with the flu each year, like we live with the common cold. That there'll have to be some way to mitigate the devastating impacts of this uh, this uh, the you know the, this this virus and um, you know the yoga practice. My meditation practice is the thing that's really kept me sane and helped me be able to see clearly. There are There's a lot of misinformation uh, spreading out there uh, around uh, the safety of uh, any of the health measures that are recommended, everything from wearing the mask to, uh, you know, the vaccines and, 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 and any other health measures uh, that might be in place. And I can really just strongly encourage everyone who's listening to uh, really, really do your research from credible sources. So if you have a relationship with uh, your doctor, like a family doctor that your family has had a relationship with for many years, uh, go talk to that doctor and talk out all of the concerns that you have with your doctor and let it be a very personal relation. And uh, if you're reading about, you know, COVID on websites that are unverified and are basically just opinion sites, you know, we all have changing opinions. One moment we may say this, another moment we may say that. Uh, but a, a someone that you have a long-term relationship with who you really, really trust, I think is a good place to start for, you know, getting to the the bottom of kind of what's, what's going on uh, for real and how it might, may or may not impact you. So I'm grateful to be where I am. This is just an update for everyone. It's a little bit of, an, of a different sort of podcast, um, a little bit of a different kind of uh, discussion. 
So I hope you enjoyed just kind of hearing a general update from me. Uh, did my practice today, which I'm grateful for. Yay. I'm, I have enough space in the quarantine hotel to move a, a chair and a little end table and unroll the mat there. I'm so grateful to have the mat with me and to have all my yoga clothes with me and so grateful to just have the yoga practice because, you know, well, first of all, definitely took up some time. I definitely practiced like I had all the time in the world. <laughs> and I was grateful for my meditation practice because after those two, I felt so much more calm and grounded. If I'm honest, I'm still really uh, processing a lot of what's happened. At the same time, I have nothing to really complain about. I'm in a, a relatively nice room. I have hot running water. The temperature is nice. There's a roof over my head. I have food that's being delivered to me. Um, in Norway, you're even allowed to get a little bit of fresh air during the quarantine. So I really have nothing to complain about. This is really uh, just, uh, you know, what my husband likes to call the luxury problem. So hopefully in a few days we'll sort it out and maybe next week's episode I'll, I'll share with you another update. Please uh, send me a message and let me know if you like this uh, kind of informal discussion of just kind of me chatting about where I am and what I'm doing. Normally I like to come on with kind of a message, but I guess the message is follow the Norwegian rules, keep calm and carry on. And of course, keep practicing, keep practicing, keep practicing. Hey there, it's Kino here. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to my podcast. Your support and your time and your attention really mean a lot to me. If you're enjoying this podcast series, you can find the full-length videos on my online channel, OMSTARS. And that's at www.omstars.com. You can redeem a 14-day free trial and get access to our full library of over 3,000 classes and also practice yoga with me online. I'd also love to see you in class sometime. So you can find my full live in-person teaching schedule on my website, which is kinoyoga.com. And if you haven't checked out my books, I'd absolutely be honored if you'd check those out. You can find those available at any online bookseller. The Yoga Inspiration Podcast is designed to keep you inspired to get on the mat. And I hope you're leaving each episode with a little glimmer and spark of the spirit, which is the true heart of the yoga method. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be filled with love. Namaste.